Hi, and welcome to Screens in Focus podcast, where we share and connect as we spotlight our favorite shows and movies. I'm Diana, and today we're talking about The Walking Dead, Season 11, Episode 24, the finale. Uh, Margaret, <laughs> how are you doing today? I'm doing really good, Diana. It's I'm sad. I'm a little depressed, but something else will come along and replace it. So I'm good. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. It's okay for us to be sad. Ooh, I think Carol. Yeah. I think Carol said that toward the end. She said it's you know it's it's okay for us to feel this way, right? That she's still yeah. going to miss Daryl. Okay, but before we get into the episode, <laughs> that was her choice, right? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It is. All right. That's right. This is not our choice. <laughs> we can't watch this anymore. It's over. All right. So I decided that the question of the day would be, of course, something that pertains to The Walking Dead and all the seasons that we've been able to see and watch. And I know that I have some favorites and I'm wondering if you do, and I'm wondering if our friends out there do. So I would like to know, what is one of your favorite episodes? It's so hard because I I really, I got into it late. This show had already been on, I think, for three or four seasons when I started watching it, only because I didn't have AMC, because I didn't have cable. So when I finally got it, I binged everything. So it's really, really hard to try to separate the seasons, the first few seasons. But I think in general, I really, really, really liked the first season and how that was shot and how that was done because it really made a mark. It really, you know, made an impression. So I continued watching and then I was hungry for the next season. And luckily, because I started late, I could kind of binge it pretty quickly. Yeah. So, but then, then you go through that, that withdrawal or that, you know, your cold turkey and you don't have anything new to watch and you're like, oh my God, what are we going to do? When is it on? And so with all the different spinoffs that have occurred, it's been a good filler in between. Yes. Yes. So I don't know, you know, I get attached to these shows and then I look forward to and I plan my life around when they're going to air and I don't know. It's going to be interesting. But the first season, any of those episodes, I thought, you know, was Daryl and his brother, that episode where he's on the roof, you know, left on the mm-hmm. roof, chained to the pipe, that thing. Yeah. I remember that. I remember the crowd scenes. I just love the way it was shot with down downtown Atlanta. And it was just so real and so scary. Yes. So, it was. It's so cutting edge at that time, <laughs> in my opinion. Yes. So. Oh, I'm sure so many people's opinion. So, but what about, I mean, so you, I'm sure I, it was emotional. I'm sure it was about Carol. I'm sure. Well, okay. I have quite a few favorite, probably at least a handful that are my top, but actually one of my favorite seasons is season four. And mm-hmm. I have two episodes in there, I think almost three episodes in there that are my favorite, but the one, and I've talked about it before, and I've talked about Too Far Gone. That is the one where the governor comes and where they kill Herschel and cut off his neck, and then this all-out war happens. And I just remember when 
Rick is trying to plead with the governor and say, you know, we can do this. We could, you know, live together. We could do this. And the governor's all liar. And he cuts Herschel's neck off, which Herschel is one of my favorite characters. So it was just horrible. And I remember seeing Maggie like scream like, no. And then Beth and having this reaction. And then, of course, it all starts with everybody, you know, firing and running and all of that happens. And just watching all of our characters, what they need to do, and they that's when they separate. I just think it's one of the best episodes. I love that episode. Hmm. Um, I also really love the episode in season four. It's called Internment, and it's with Herschel. And it's with him dealing with all the people that are sick. That uh-huh. have this flu and Glenn almost dies. Yeah. And then the music plays and there's a song. Um, the name escapes me right now, but I love that song and it plays a couple of times throughout the episode. And it, I just, there's something about it. So actually Herschel is in both of those. So that's, uh, that, that's a couple of my favorite episodes. There's also so many more. Also the first episode is great. And then there's the Grove with, with uh, Carol and Tyrese and look at the flowers. <laughs> so there's so many. And I actually really love this finale. So just a lot of great episodes. Yes, I do. I really do love the finale. So all right, friends out there, let us know what is your favorite episode. You can leave us a comment on social media, our website, or email at screensinfocus at gmail.com. Would love to hear what your favorite episode of The Walking Dead is. The links are in the show notes. Okay, we're going to dig in. Episode 24, Rest in Peace. Okay, series finale to The Walking Dead. Go ahead, what? So I just realized the rest in peace. Who do you think that refers to do you think that just means it's the finale or do you think that's for rosita i think it could mean any of that or maybe those plaques at the end that we see yeah you know yeah i think it could be both or it's the end of their struggles because they finally found a place that's theirs huh okay sorry didn't mean to interrupt oh i love that popped into my head yeah (laughs) All right. So yes, this was a monumental episode. And we had talked about it last week. We're like, what's going to happen? And we wondered how things were going to be resolved. We did just had no idea what was going to happen. And, you know, what was going to happen with Pamela and the Commonwealth? What was going to happen with our characters? How was Aaron and Lydia going to get from where they were to with the group? Or would they? How was Judith going to survive? How would this season, this show end. And I we just couldn't even think how this could happen. But I don't know, in my eyes, they wrapped it up so well. I'm just really proud of everybody that put the show together because I thought it was done extremely well. So we're going to break this all down. But first, Margaret, tell me what was your overall impression of the episode? I really, really liked it until all of that was over. And then it was a little dull for me. (laughs) The struggle wasn't there. The relationships were kind of there. It was just, it just seemed a little too passive for me, given the history up to that point. So it could have had a little more action. Um, 
you know, one year later and you're seeing Eugene and he still has his little long braided thing and baby and toe and axe. They still, you know, they still did a really nice job with just the editing and the shots and then, you know, leading you down the path without saying, yep, Eugene married Max and now they have a child and that child is named Rosita or whatever it was named. Rosita. Uh Rosie, which is Rosita. So that was touching. I really liked it up until it all slowed down and stopped. And Pamela, open door. Now we can have a little spinoff on Pamela and her psychosis as she rots away in jail. But they did. Yeah, they they tied up a lot of things. And we knew that Hornsby was going to come back as a walker because they didn't kill him, you know, appropriately. They just maimed him and then he died and then he came back. I mean, I liked it. I liked all the action. I love the whole Rosita thing. That's the emotional part, right? <laughs> I rambled. You'll probably grab like three lines. All right. Diana. <laughs> uh, so, well, okay. So I thought this episode was pretty epic. Really? I, yes. Mm. I, wow. It was so action-packed. I was and I'm not kidding. I was exhausted after like 15 20 minutes. I needed a breather. I was stressing out. I kept thinking, "Oh my god, who's going to die? What's going to happen? They're going to get them." Cuz I kept thinking a lot of people were going to die. And so, so I, did I just thought at every turn that somebody was going to get it and I was freaked out and I was I said out loud, I am exhausted. So I needed those conversations that happened in between. I really needed those. I thought that I so I thought that the pacing of the show was really well done for me because it I needed it and it was really good. I think that we got a lot of our predictions right. Not all of them, but we got some of them right. Even though I was waiting for people to die and I'm surprised that some of them did, you know, more people didn't die. I'm really glad that they didn't die because Ultimately, you know, I care about so many of the characters. I don't want to see them gone. And, uh, of course, I think Rosita received the best send-off that she could have gotten. And I felt that the whole production team just did a really amazing job. Everything to me, to me, was perfect. And Mm -hmm. I think that you could see the love of the show from everybody that works on it. I just mm-hmm. felt like there was a lot of care in every aspect. So I appreciated this episode very much. So in the beginning of the episode, starts off with Daryl running in with Judith at the facility. Hospital. Yeah. There's quite a few things play out with all these characters and all these walkers trying to get in. So Daryl and Judith and Luke and Jules and Mercer being released. And then that part with Rosita and Father Gabriel and Eugene. So all of those things, everybody's dealing with walkers on a different level. So tell me, you know, what stood out to you about all of that? The struggle between just everybody trying to control the situation and then not being able to control the situation. So what do you do? You run from the situation and then you try to create a barrier. So that was the the hospital scene, the clinic scene. I really liked uh, Princess getting the guy in the, in the screen, <laughs> you know, that through the, through the, 
through the window for the ah, Mercer situation. Yeah. Uh-huh. That was pretty gross. It opened with the, was it this episode or the last episode with the guy on the train tracks? No, that was last episode. I forgot to mention that last week. But I love that guy walking on the train tracks, then phew, he gets flattened. He yeah, just yeah. splatters all over. So I guess I'm into having them splatter, you know, <laughs> totally just be yeah. annihilated. And I was, it, it, the interesting, the special effects with that stuff as they are chopping heads in half and it's just, they've done such a good job. It's so believable. But um, I was shocked. I mean, cause I saw the previews with Rosita jumping, you know? Yeah. I thought she was jumping from like the top. I mean, yes. from roof, rooftop to rooftop yes, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then they show it and it's just this stupid Winnebago or whatever it is. And then everybody's, you know, the ones who can climb are right on her tail. So that was a little hard to believe that she could actually get away from it. And then she didn't. And then she got swallowed up. And I thought that was a, an amazing shot. And you're like, oh, wow, there, there she goes. And then all of a sudden she pops up and you're like, oh my God. So it's for me out of the whole show that was, and I liked that character, but it was like, so, um, I guess classically walking dead mm-hmm. with fighting back and survival and just overcoming these immense odds. So I thought that it was a really good, it was my favorite scene, really, and my most emotional scene, because you're like, <gasps> holding your breath, and then there she is, this massively strong, powerful woman yeah. emerging from this, and it, with baby in tow. I mean, come on, you know, and she gets away. So it was pretty cool. I really enjoyed that part. I I love that part, too. I thought it was, uh, I thought that they did that so well. I, like I said, I was exhausted because I was so scared for everybody when in the beginning when Daryl does bring Judith in and he puts her on the gurney and then those troopers knock him out and then she turns wakes up and sees those walkers coming up to that glass that was scary that was so scary visually seeing that I thought if that happened to me I would freak me out seeing all these walkers I just thought it was a really good scene the way they filmed that And then, of course, here she is crawling off the gurney and trying to close the doors as Daryl's laying there on the ground. And, um, yeah, it was just pretty scary. And then later on, we see that walker hitting the glass with the rock, which is reminiscent of season one when that happened. Mm -hmm. Like you were saying. So I can see that there's a lot of references to the earlier seasons, which is very cool. I also thought that the scene with Luke, of course, we haven't seen Luke in a while. And yeah, we feel bad for him, but we're probably not as emotionally attached to him as our other characters. But I think it also served the characters that we do know on there, the women that were surrounding him. I felt that their emotion, when they were crying, I felt their crying. It was just, it was very heartfelt for them to lose that person. And that's where I was a little more tied to, was feeling that loss for them and watching Daryl and Carol watch them and have that reaction because... Emotionless. They were emotionless, though. They were, but it's funny. They were. I thought that too, but I, I think that they react differently than other people. 
they always have. So I wondered if they thought, gosh, this could be Judith if we don't save her life. And then that's when Daryl does the whole transfusion thing. But when they had her on that gurney and they were wheeling her around as these walkers, I really kept thinking somebody was going to get bit. I'm like, somebody's going to come from the other side and get them. So yes, I was exhausted. And then, of course, that's when we see um, Rosita get into the um, place where the babies are at. Just she was like Rambo, like I said, she was Rambo. Seriously, she was kicking ass. She was shooting their heads off. You probably really enjoyed that part, right? When she was blasting yeah. them away. Yeah, it was good. And uh, yeah, and then the part that you had mentioned about her jumping into the into the window. Yeah, when she went down, I didn't know. I thought, oh my god, she's gonna die right there. She's gonna die, and then she popped back up. But yeah, I had my suspicions when she uh, got out of there, but she made it safely for now into the, uh, (laughs) with Father Gabriel and Eugene. So, you know, that was a lot of excitement, a lot of action, but we also saw scenes with Negan and Maggie that I thought were very powerful and very needed. And they had a few conversations. They had one before you know, they went for Pamela and the walkers and they had one afterwards. So I just kind of want to get your take on what happened with them. Well, it, I mean, she changed, she shifted. So she, I thought that her response to him was really appropriate because I think that's probably what somebody who, you know, had this happen to them. I mean, watching this human being have no no concern for anybody for life, human life. And then just to kill everybody the way that he did was so violent and so extreme. So I can't, I can't fault her for, or the writers for actually including some of that because that's all she sees when she sees him. And I totally get that. I don't think that's ever going to change because she she was traumatized. just like PTSD. So I thought that was really good. But it, the the interesting thing to me, though, is, yes, they had that whole conversation. And so she's on some level, she could deal with him, even though it will never be. Although push comes to shove, she's going to save his ass, guaranteed, you yeah. know, just because she's a good person. Yeah. And that and he is, too. He just lost his way. So it's kind of like that addict who goes through rehab and then comes out and, you know, tries to do a different life. And if he's got the support or she's got the support, then they will be successful. So that's really what he's craving, I think, from her is just some form of acceptance so that it doesn't feel like he's going to pay for this. Until, I mean, that, and that's the whole religious background that she should have because, you know, she's Southern. So you're supposed to forgive people, you know. Although when you take the life of someone who is your world, it's kind of hard. Yeah. But then, um, so there was a lot of realism in that. So I thought that that was really good. But the thing that, what bothered me was when everybody's sitting around eating dinner and Rosita's slowly dying, out the window, you see Negan just walking away alone. Where's the wife? Where's, you know, where's his support? So what happened? Where is she? They never, they didn't show her, right? Yeah. But we saw a dog. We did, (laughs) but we did not see his wife. I forget her name. Of course, Annie, Annie. So we don't know. And she's pregnant. So it's kind of like one year later for everybody else is in a year later for him. We didn't check in with him. We saw Maggie. So it's kind of like, why did they leave it hanging? That bothered me. Yeah. Well, I thought this, like I said, I thought this 
conversation between them was pretty emotional. It was really satisfying for me. One, because I really felt Negan's emotion for apologizing. I really felt for him. I felt that Maggie sat there and really listened to what he had to say. Her wheels were turning and I wondered what she was thinking about because at their first conversation, when he does apologize, he says, you know, I was down on my knees about to lose everything. And I finally understood what you must have felt and that he's so sorry, but he knows he can only do so much or try to make up for it. And he knows it's not enough. And he's sorry to her and sorry to her son for what they've lost. And, you know, it was extremely heartfelt. Like, I I don't think anyone could have apologized any better. That's how I felt with that. But also, I agree with you about Maggie's reaction because it was... I thought Maggie's reaction was so perfect and so real. That is how somebody... Well, you not, I mean, we don't know because we're not in that situation. But what I mean is, I'm so glad she didn't say, oh, I forgive you. And now we're going to work together and we're going to go <laughs> do this spinoff. No, because that's not real. So I really thought that, uh, yeah, Maggie's reaction was fair and appropriate and real. And I loved the things that she said about Glenn and her husband. I just feel like she was paying tribute to his character. And I, he's such a beloved character that I think it just served everybody that mm-hmm. watches the show and talking yeah. about how good he is and how good he makes people feel and how she's never going to love anyone like that again. And how all she can remember is that bat coming down on his head and the blood rolling down and him calling out her name and Negan mocking him. When she said those words, Margaret, my 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 tears were coming because I you remember that because it was so heart-wrenching when that happened and that is what the worst part of it was. So, of course she can't forget and she tells him, "I can't forgive you. You know, you've earned your place here, but know that if I have to walk away, this is why. These are the memories that come to mind when I see you." But she also doesn't want her son to see that someone's got to her like this. And so she wants to change, too, and that's going to take time. But I think that this was the perfect steps for their relationship. And I'm so glad that they had him apologize the way he did and understand what he did and her to accept hearing him. Because she could have just walked away. She could have said, screw you. I'm not talking to you. But uh, And it was interesting that those two were the ones not even involved in the uh, argument with or fight with Pamela. Like they mm-hmm. were ready to sharpshoot her way over oh, there. Oh, I know. How devastating that they couldn't complete the task. Right? I know. They're like, she's getting arrested. <laughs> I know. He, I know. Yeah, it's like, what? What do you mean she's well, getting did, arrested? They, well, they got what's-his-face. You know, oh, guy. Hornsby, they did get yeah. him, yeah, yes. which wrecked her, but you know, because she couldn't <laughs> be seduced, yes, <laughs> be bitten by him. Oh my god, that was crazy. Okay, so let's talk about Pamela and and 
we'll talk about Pamela and then we'll talk about the walkers and <laughs> how that all happened. But, you know, we see that Mercer's ready to fight for his people and Ezekiel jumps in and basically says, hey, we're here to help you. You know, I care about this place. I care about these people. I'm not going to let these people fall. So I'm there. And then, of course, Aaron and everybody else starts to jump on the bandwagon. By the way, it was nice to see Aaron and uh, Lydia meet up with them because we wondered how that was going to happen. So they came in with mm-hmm. the board of walkers. So yeah, I'm glad that they, uh, you know, included them in this portion of the fight. I thought Pamela was going to die. So I thought Pamela should have been a little bit more hysterical. She was a little too calm, cool and collected for me. I think She's crazy. So she should have been wigging out because nobody was listening to her. Nobody was doing what she wanted them to do. They were all listening to that big guy that she just had, you know, thrown in jail. You know, I I felt like she was really, really good in that intimate exchange with Hornsby, zombie Hornsby. But I feel (laughs) like, you know, I really feel like she could have just really lost it. And she, you know, just because she's a, a hysterical person at this point. You know, because everything is crashing down. So, yeah. Well, she was demanding that they shoot Father Gabriel and then they didn't. And then she's mad about Mercer. And then Mercer puts her in her place by saying, you know, everything that she's done, which was, I thought, really cool how he listed all those things out. And what was she going to do after that? Everybody's like, you know, that trooper that woman trooper that we both thought was going to flip and she finally did because she realized that pamela was completely wrong and all about herself and you know i love that daryl said well first i love that father gabriel just stands up and walks toward the gate and like i'm opening this gate i think they said oh pamela says shoot him and then that's when carol says yeah but we're going to shoot you back and then daryl's all what the hell are you doing this is you can't rebuild this world like the way it was before. It's like, we have to do something different. And we're the enemy is the walking dead. That's who we need to fight. So, and of course, and that's when she goes into her love fest with Hornsby when she sees him. <laughs> yeah, but it's, I still, I feel like if she were like on edge or realizing that this is the end, you know, after everything that she's experienced, she should have broken. She did not break. And that's what I think they lost. I mean, yes, you can be this strong, stoic person maintaining yeah. that whole, but nobody was for her. They were, everybody was against her. So yeah. she should have just like flipped Freaked a out. lid yeah, completely because it's not in thrown a fit like the child that she is, you know, like throw a tantrum. So if she had, then I could see her going a little crazy and them having to shoot her because she probably would have done something wrong. Well, she's in jail now. So let's move on to Eugene and Rosita. Oh, man. Okay. Of course, you know me. And I was super emotional. (laughs) Uh, They have this conversation where she shares with him that she was bit. And then later, our characters are gathered around a table. Fleetwood Mac records playing. Goodbyes between Rosita and everyone. And Eugene, oh, my gosh. Everything about this was... So emotional to me, but tell me, tell me your take on it, Margaret. Well, I think it was emotional. It was supposed to be emotional. 
I thought it was almost passive, though, that all of them, again, that's my favorite word. Everybody's sitting around eating, having a great time, yet she's dying. I don't know if we've ever really known the time frame for when you're bitten and then you actually end up dying from your bite. I don't know. I just, I feel like it was just sad, you know? I mean, they're all happy, yet this is this bittersweet thing is here our strong little girl is going to end up dying because she got bitten. Finally, after everything she's been through, she gets bitten and they can't amputate that part of her. Right. (laughs) I mean, it's hard to, but enough people got bitten between the shows, you know, the last couple of shows that it brought it all back to reality that that's, you know, they've got to amputate or you die. Right. So I thought that was kind of interesting. But to have her bitten on the shoulder, ugh, what a waste. Eugene and Rosita, though, you know, every time they were together, it was a really nice, nice scene because it was heartfelt. I thought it was really a genuine connection that they have. It was. And I also appreciated the scene where Rosita tells Father Gabriel and Judith is looking at them. And Judith oh, has a smile yeah. on her face watching them. And then you see Father Gabriel's face kind of turn like, oh, man. And then Rosita turns her face away from him to wipe away a tear. And then and then you see Judith have that reaction. It was such an honest reaction for a young actress to have. I thought it was just really, it was really moving. And of course, at that point, then we realize everybody else learns of it because then it transitions into her going to the bed to be with Coco for a few minutes and then where Father Gabriel goes to pray with her. And I, I don't know why, but that moment made me emotional again. Like I would have these little tears streaming, but then (laughs) they would stream a little faster on certain points. And for some reason that got to me. I don't know if it was because he was praying over her. I think he says, we'll see you on the other side. Uh, So it, was moving to me. And of course, I loved that the conversations between Rosita and Eugene, I thought both times they um, they just have a really good rhythm with each other. They work well together. I kept thinking of how long they've known each other and how she's always kind of had his back no matter what. And so I think I saw all that history playing out in these moments between them. And I think that's why for me and for anybody else who watched and felt the same way, that's why it was so emotional because we know their journey together. And I love that he tells her, I wouldn't be the man that I am if it wasn't for you. Yeah. It was just really touching for me. It was, it was probably one of the most emotional uh, episodes for me that I've seen from the walking dead. And I and again, it's because I think it's a finale. If it you know it happened another time, would I feel feel the same way? I don't know, but I think because it's a finale, and I know what it means for these two characters, so I um I just thought it was really great. You know what we didn't touch upon uh, when we talked about Pamela and our group, but we didn't talk about our group facing the walkers. We didn't talk about the explosion and the records and the, and the, uh, you know, the fuel and everything, because last week we kept wondering how our group was going to get out of the situation. We thought how you, you said this feels hopeless. How are they ever going to escape all these walkers? And 
this is how they escape all those walkers is with all that fuel and blowing everything up. But I just think that the music choices that they've made in this episode have just really added to the episode. I didn't, I had no attachment to the music. So I'm surprised that you did. (gasps) The songs I did, both the songs, the actual songs, and all of the music that played just instrumental leading up all of it, it really had an impact on me. I noticed it when everything was dramatic. I noticed when everything was, there was tension. I noticed it when they were, um, you know, in a better way of life, how the music changed. I just loved it all. I just thought it was so well done. Like it really resonated with me. Well, how many, did you watch it twice? I did. So was it the first time or the second time that all of it hit you like that? Uh, initially I noticed it, but the second time I noticed it more. So probably, so that's what I'm thinking is that I would notice some of the subtleties that we're talking about or you're talking about. Yeah. Um, because I only watched it the one time. Yeah. I haven't had time to watch it again. Why I was feeling a certain way was because the music was so dramatic. Well, and yeah, that so. usually affects me too, though. That's why I was saying, yeah. I, and I, maybe I was a little disconnected when I was watching it, but I was really hoping for something monumental. And I, you know, it delivered 73% for me. And But maybe if I went back and watched it again, like I've done in the past, I, I would pick up some more of those things. But some of the episodes that have led up to this have been so well done, so intense that you know, I kind of thought that this would be the same all the way through and it wasn't. So for me, let's go into the one year later. So of course, because we saw that Rosita passes and then we see Eugene putting flowers down in those plaques that you talked about at the beginning, you know, all of those things. So tell me, um, what did you think about that whole thing? I know you're you aren't as happy with with this part of it, but did anything stick out to you that you that you liked about it? Not really. <laughs> you know why? Because it's too simple, and it isn't that simple. I don't know. I just felt let down because it just oversimplified everything, everything that these guys have all fought for and. Yes, yeah, so they live happy, happily ever after. That's what that was. And it's not that way. It can't be because those walkers, they're still out there. Yes. You know? Yes. So they still are going to have the same sort of issues and worries. And, you know, mo- it's a moment-to-moment existence. It still will be. Even if they have huge walls and they have a security force, they still. And now they're becoming more adept at manipulating, you know, the whore, the walkers, they can climb walls, they can pick up rocks, they can, you know, what happened to the guy with a knife? We don't even know what happened to him, yeah. right? He picked yeah. up the knife and they, right. that, that got forgotten. So, I mean, that, just all of that suggestion, and then they don't even address that one year later. It would have been interesting if they had figured out a way, like other groups have done, to make the walkers be their prisoners of war and be productive and do something by like what, what's her face did by chopping off their jaw and, you know, the lower jaw and then just using them as her guards, more or less Michonne, you know, if they could figure out a way to do that then, or utilize that 
ingenuity on her part. And they could surround the whole place with those guys. And then nobody would come near, you know, I mean, they just could have done been a little more creative with that aspect, you know? So you were looking to see something more with how they were handling life with the walkers at this point. Well, yeah, because that's, that's what they have to do. I mean, that's what this whole show is about. Yeah. How are they interacting? How are they getting through? How are they managing that? That's, yeah. that's the, you know, the rat population. How do you manage that? You can't put out traps anymore because there are cockroaches, really. They're like cockroaches. You can't kill them. They keep coming back. Right. Every time somebody dies, that's what they become. So it's kind of a, I don't know, but it'll be interesting to see what the spinoffs, what they, how they handle these situations and, and see you know, where they go with it, if it'll be just a continuation of what we've been watching with this series, or if it will be a complete departure, like the tales over the summer was sort of a departure, little snippets, but I don't know. I will be curious to see what they're like, too. I I hear what you're saying about addressing the walkers and how they live, but I, the only thing I can guess is that they just wanted to show that our characters were at least had hope and had food and had cross hurdles and were able to to breathe just a little. I don't think that this means that they're not going to deal with walkers anymore. I just feel like they're, you know, just better on better footing at this point. That's how I took it. And yeah. I think that if I had seen them still struggling that would have been a sad ending i'm like i wanted to be hopeful i want and i said this i want to see them thriving and yes we want to see them have food we want to see them rest for just a little bit have walls put up so that they have some protection which they did show that so i was happy to see that you know and it's funny because it they do some even though the walking dead is totally separate from these spinoffs i mean yes they're tied together but the people that put them together the crews that work on them are separate somewhat right so i feel like with maggie saying you know there's a world out there and we need to explore it i found that interesting because she and negan will have their spinoff and with carol and daryl you know carol taking over hornsby's job and making it anew and and Daryl off to be the cowboy that he is and and just searching out there. And he tells Judith, look, I'm going to look for your mom and dad and I'll bring them back if I, if I find them. Um, and I thought that Carol and Daryl's conversation felt like Norman and Melissa's conversation because I felt like they were talking to each other like, oh, our series has ended and now we're you know, I'm going to miss you and I love you. I wasn't, I, I probably had some tears, but I wasn't super emotional. I was happy for them. I felt like that was a happier moment. Yes, they're going to be apart. Yes, they're going to miss each other, but you know, they're still friends. And I love mm-hmm. that she tells them you're my best friend. And we also see, you know, Daryl taking off on, on his cycle. All of this part ends and then we see Rick and Michonne and we see them separately. And that was interesting. I had to really try and absorb that. And I took me the second time to really figure out what was going on. And I noticed that Rick didn't have his shoes, right? And when that helicopter comes, of course, you see on the back, the CRM 
um, symbols on the back of his jacket, and he throws his backpack, and I thought his boots are in that backpack, and that backpack is on a boat, and that may be the boat that, or else someone took him from that boat, put him on the other boat, but that's, Michonne finds those boots. That's what leads her to find this information on Rick, which leads her on her journey. So it's almost as though we're seeing both of them, but this time is not, is, is different um, points in time. So Mm -hmm. I think with Rick, it's back in time, what we're seeing and what we're seeing with Michonne is either more current or up to date. Yeah. Because she now has his stuff that Mm -hmm. he was throwing, but it was interesting to see Rick with, information that we know from the world beyond because rick had that weapon that silas had in the world beyond the same type of weapon and the helicopter tells him hey rick you know basically you can never get away uh we're always going to be after you or i don't know what exactly they said to him but i wondered what that smile was i'm like why is he smiling why is he smiling what does that mean does he see something we don't see But I was just reading before we started (laughs) recording that it meant that he still has the fight in him. He's still going to do what he does. And I also really appreciated them showing everybody that has been in in the podcast, in the episode before, all the characters. I loved seeing all their faces. I loved Rick saying how impacted he was by everybody and how they have shaped his life. And... He says, and also Michonne says, um, we are the ones who live. And that's a statement that Rick said, I think, in season five. And he said in other seasons, and Michonne has said that too. I thought it was kind of cool to bring that phrase back to to the finale and to say those words. Also, I do want to bring this up because I read it and I didn't know this. It took a lot for them to film, I guess, Michonne and Rick scenes. Um, It was done separately, but they didn't want to take away from the characters and the finale. That's why they didn't have Rick just like ride on a horse and come and save the day, because then that would have been like, oh, they can't do it on their own. They need Rick. So they wanted of course, to show Rick and Michonne and where they were, but they didn't want to take away from, you know, the last couple of seasons without Rick. So I thought that that was interesting information to hear. And that it took a lot of organizing with logistics. They have to okay this, um, even putting them into this uh, finale. That was like a, a huge thing to get through. So I thought that that was interesting. It just, uh, I mean, Michonne didn't even look like Michonne. I don't know. Just everything was different. The only thing that I thought was kind of fascinating was watching her ride into, you know, just her with her armored horse and her sword so she could go do some slicing as she tries to cut through that huge group of specks down in the valley. That was, I thought that was good. The Rick stuff, I could have not done with he didn't pull out a note from his kids he didn't you know nothing like memorabilia nothing that he's you know looking at and saying oh wow i want to you know whatever i mean you know what i mean it just i think it would have tied back in better if he had something that was relevant to what we had just experienced with the other people 
Well, I also, don't you think maybe it had to do with blending all these characters? I'm sorry, I needed it. I'm telling you, I needed it. Yes, it didn't tie directly to the, the this episode, but I think it needed to be done. One, because I would have been upset if Rick hadn't been shown and where he was at. Now we know. Now we know where he was at or where he's been. Also, for them to put everybody... Uh, everybody's faces on there and talk about them. I thought that was really important. I felt it was a tribute to those people. So I thought it was an important thing. And um, and then they, of course, they shoot back to Judith and RJ and Judith says the same words, we are the ones who live. So it was tying all of that together for me. I thought that that was cool. And I'm glad I saw it. And I'm glad they put it in there. It worked for me. And so, okay, so any other tidbits or observations what really was touching i mean during the panel when everybody was on the stage was when the ross guy did you see him oh on the talking deck he was so so emotional about everything and i just thought oh you just a wonderful you know that's what it's all about so appreciative he just couldn't even express because he was too emotional about just having this job for the last five years or however long he's been on the season. And and he's probably thinking, Oh, I'm not going to get another paycheck. What's going to (laughs) happen. But he was just so grateful. And I think that's how everybody should be. If you're an actor, because your roles are slim pickings and they come and they go and they're so short lived most of the time. And, you know, I Oh, I do want to bring up, you had texted me about the commercials and they were hysterical. (laughs) I know, I know. I thought it was beautiful. It's like the Super Bowl, right? Uh, Yes. I thought this is so good. And that they were using actors from The Walking Dead because they used Andrea. Oh, I didn't see that. They used two with Andrea. They used one with Gareth, the Terminus guy. Uh And I don't know who was the head of on the ground for DoorDash. Maybe that was a worker we would have <laughs> known too. Funny. Yeah, that was funny. He's all, get a little closer. He's all, get a little closer. I won't bite. Uh, yeah, maybe I will. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that. I, they were just so funny because I didn't yeah. know if it was, I had no idea what it was when it first started. And I yeah. was like, oh my God, this is so cool. They looped in commercials for this. That That's, that's special. Yes, you know, that's really that was special. so special. And, and the fact, like I said, the fact that all these actors were in them, that was just incredible. Yeah. And um, I'm sorry, jumping back to The Walking Dead real quick. Uh, I recognized Greg Nicotero as a walker at the end. And oh. I knew it was him. I said it out loud. And then on The Talking Dead, they confirmed that it was him. I'm like, I knew it was him. You can't miss that hair. He had his hair as a walker the same way he does. Yeah. And his body shape. So I knew it was him. He's and, like a 60s burnout. <laughs> <laughs> and and we did get to see a lot of reunions. Like Yumiko and Magna, they're back together. I thought it was cute when they kissed and got back together. And then we see um, Lydia, who was really hopeless. And, you know, Aaron kind of tries to give her, you know, say, you know, I haven't lost hope. And then she reunites with Elijah. And, and so and then we get to see Jerry, Jerry makes it so all these characters that we didn't know if we we're going to make it or not, they did make it. So I was yeah. happy that they tied up and let us know where these characters were. And you mentioned earlier dog. So we got to see yeah. dog and they mentioned dog. So I was happy about that. Do you have a favorite moment, Margaret? 
I think that the Rosita in the nursery, just, you know, taking care of business. That was that. I mean, just everything, you know, they really highlighted her this episode. So I thought that that was really, really impactful, very creatively done. So I liked, I liked that whole role, that whole five minutes of her. Yeah. So, but I mean, there were several others. I, you know, but you have a tendency to like the characters that you like, you're going to like what they end up doing scene wise. And hers was just so pivotal for her character because she dies, you know, because of all of that. Yeah. But she takes care of business and then she ends up taking care of business again. And then it ends up taking care of her. So unfortunately. Yeah. So that, and there were, you know, and that was, that was a good combination because of the action and the emotion and the intention and just the whole movement of the scene. So it's, it's a different, I appreciate that. I think a little bit more than some of these talking head scenes where they're just, you know, connecting because there's some resolve to what she was, what she, you know, all of her stuff ended up being okay, except she dies, but everything else ends up okay. It's the struggle. It's all compact. It's like a pill. You know, it's all pushed into this one little moment. Yeah, of course. I agree with you. That was just, Rosita really was uh, her character, her role. And what we saw of her was really um, a main part of this finale. So I have too many to choose from because, like I said, I really do love this episode. The episode filled me in so many ways. And, you know, with Rosita, it made me just cry. I was very emotional um, with her. It It was because it was between her and Eugene, though, I think because it's the both of them. So as much as I love Rosita and everything, I think it needed Eugene in there, too, for me to feel that way. And also Negan and Maggie, I think it was something that was needed. This was needed for the fans to feel this to, you know, for Negan to apologize and for um, Maggie to listen to him and to have a reaction. So I thought that that left me satisfied. Daryl and Carol made me sad for them. And it was good to see, you know, how they deal with their relationship for now on this show. And then Mm -hmm. for me, Rick and Michonne, this made me feel hopeful, of course, because of the spinoffs. So those Mm -hmm. were my favorite moments. And just if you could give me a, um, what your favorite thing about the whole show, like, what is it mean to you i mean it's a good imagination gone wild you know and it's so realistic in some aspects that you could apply it to daily like when covid came (laughs) to be it's a virus and it's infecting all these people and some people are dying which is very really dying and then some people are just affected so but we had to alter the way we did things so i felt like i was you know, it was so extremely different from life when that was happening. And that's what I think this is. It's sort of, it paralleled it, except we were actually dealing with something real, not something fictional. So, yeah. Yeah. so I thought it was really kind of interesting. And science fiction always ends up being reality. Uh, eventually. Exactly. Anyway, yes. so yes. that's, I mean, it was really, you know, people are so, I guess the creativity, the, the whole show, the whole thing, 
had its moments where it was really, really good. And then it was, eh, it was okay. And then it got really good again. And then eh, it's okay. So it went through that whole cycle, probably like a marriage or just a, you know, a life <laughs> where you have good times and bad times. But um, the evolution of the characters, some of them were better evolved <laughs> or developed yeah. and hence the storylines. But I just thought it was kind of an interesting from start to finish, just being, fictional and just being engaging and interesting and creative, you know, and believable. So, yeah, it's hard to put it in a nutshell what the show means to me. It is my favorite show ever. And really, yes. And I don't know that there'll be another show like this, because what the show represents to me is hope and love and what you do for that, how it helps you to survive, and how these characters, this storyline impacts us beyond the show. That's why there's so many fans. That's why, you know, it is a hit. That's why people tune in. So I just feel like it explores us as human beings. And um, yeah, I just love it. I love it. And I'm really sad that it's (laughs) over. But all I can say is I'm glad that there are spinoffs because there are shows that don't have them. And I don't know if those those spinoffs will live up to the show, but at least they're a part of the show in some fashion. So I you know what I think? I think that the spinoffs will do their own thing, but I think they will live up to the show they'll just be a little twist on what the show is because they have all the same creative people behind all of them so well that's true that's very true but i think for me personally it depends on when i first watch a show it was about rick his character and how he fought for his family and the people he loved that is what drew me to come back time after time again. And so I miss Rick and that's why I wanted to see him at the end. So will those shows have somebody like Rick? Only the Rick one will. So I don't know. I love Daryl, but Daryl's a different personality. You know, I really like Maggie and Negan, but those are different personalities. So I can't wait. I'm glad they're in different locations. It'll give us a new spin. They'll each have new things to deal with. So yeah. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens with the spinoffs. I'm happy about them. Okay. So that's our conversation on The Walking Dead. Ooh, man, man, man. Okay. So I would like to ask you, since we're coming upon the holiday season here, if you have a holiday movie that you would like to recommend or a favorite holiday movie that you have that you love to see during the season. So there's one movie that's always on. And I cannot, for the life of me, think of the name of it. It's the one with Jimmy Stewart in it. It's a Wonderful Life? Yes. And I saw that for the first time probably about when I was living in L.A., actually. So that was a long, it was like 40 years ago. But it was the only thing on, and I was watching it. I was cleaning the house or doing something in the house. And it came on, and I was entranced. And it just was such an appropriate um you know, for the time is after Thanksgiving. So it's between Thanksgiving and Christmas. And so every time it's on now, holiday time, I usually just tune in and watch it because it just, you know, there's been so many other stories, skits, you know, little 
laughable moments like Saturday Night Live with Father Time and all that kind of stuff, which is derived from that. So I just, I don't know. And it's black and white. It just has a lot. I don't know. I just liked it. I always like it. So, and I've never, you know, but then the cartoons that I used to watch as a kid, you know, like Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer. I always liked that one. That would make me cry. You know, it would me too. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, you can't, I don't know, you know, the who's in the who in Whoville and little Lucy Lou and, you know, tear up about that. Just thinking about that. But it it takes you back to when you're a kid, right? Yeah. And how things were so simple and so easy. And Christmas was the biggest day of the year. And, you know, just different, (sighs) a different perspective. (laughs) I love that choice. I do. I love that movie. I'm so glad you brought it up. I did not put it in mind, but I, I, it's a great movie. If you've never seen it, I do recommend it to people that have never seen that before because it really? just has the best sentiment about it and it's really well done. So I wanted to recommend Spirited on Apple TV. This is with Ryan Reynolds, Will Ferrell, and Octavia Spencer. The new, it's new, right? Yeah, it's brand new. It's a musical. It's funny. Oh, it's a musical? Yes. Really? I was oh. shocked. I'm like, Ryan, Ryan Reynolds sings and dances. It's really well done. Like, I could see this as a production. And maybe it oh. is, and I don't know about it. I don't know. But it's pretty good, and it's oh. fun. It's fun. Mm-hmm. So, but classics for me are Christmas Vacation. Yeah. Love it. We got to see it every year yeah. in my household. And for Thanksgiving is Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. I just love that movie with Steve Martin and John Candy. So mm-hmm. those are my recommendations for holiday movies. All right, Margaret, I want to thank you for joining me today and for joining me on all these segments of The Walking Dead. I have just been uh, such a... a a fun person to talk with uh, all <laughs> sure. of these with. I love it because we don't agree on a, on some things, Not but a lot. I love it because we have different <laughs> perspective on things, right? So, yeah, um, I yeah. think that that's realist, great. I'm the realist, and you're the yeah, the the dreamer, yeah, the dreamer. And, uh, yeah, that's the opposite. Yeah, I also love. Um, I also love your recommendations because I have seen some of the ones that you have recommended and I am up to date on Mosquito Coast. So, um, Oh, I'm not, I didn't see it this week, last week. I didn't see it. So, Mm. um, but thank you. Thank you for all the times that you've joined me. I really appreciate you. No, you're welcome. Well, I appreciate you asking me. All right. That's our show. Thanks for tuning in. We are grateful you tuned in and we hope something that we said today resonated with you, gave you a chuckle, some happiness, some positivity or inspiration. Please subscribe to our website and follow Screens in Focus and tell a friend we would love more members of our TV club. We'll be releasing a new episode next week. Next show will be on The Handmaid's Tale. You can find our website listed in our show notes. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.